We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for every NFL and college football fan. Whether you're into fantasy or you just like the sport, we are the podcast for you. We are joined today by the one, the only, the Matt Hicks, the FF underscore educator. Matt, it is good to have you back on the show. It has been, it's probably been about a year now. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. This is a really fun time of the year, right? Yes. I feel like we've gotten past the point where you don't want to think too much about college football because it's too far away to get like really excited. You know, now it's justified to get really excited about it. So lots of, you know, the campus to and supplemental drafts are going on right now. Lots of action again in Devi League. So it's it's a good time, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to be on here. Love the podcast, so I'm fired up for this one. I'm excited, dude, and you're right. Like, it is time. How many of your leagues are already doing, like, Debbie supplemental drafts or rookie drafts, stuff like that? Have you you already going through it a bit? Dude, I've been wheeling and dealing all day. I had I have a Campus to Canton roster that has been that, like, sixth-place team. No, like, the worst. <laughs> it's the worst spot. So I've just all day, dude, because uh, our supplemental started yesterday. I've just been blowing up the NFL roster, going all in on the CFF side of things. So, yeah, honestly, it's probably just because it's July and I want to make some moves. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, we're just going to flip this bad boy. So you never know what's going to happen when you check in on a supplemental draft and you're like, wow, I actually hate this roster. <laughs> yeah, I moved uh, the 104 for some wide receiver help for my NFL side. So I ended up passing on Nico. Um, I can't say his last name yet from Tennessee. Iamaliava. There you are. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I feel you know that too. The, yeah, you know I'm on the Tennessee beat, so I had to learn that one early. Yeah. I Maliava. Uh, I was really bummed when he didn't go to Oregon, but then I was like, yeah, it's fine. We got Dante Moore. And then we didn't get – then Dante Moore flipped to UCLA. Uh, so, yeah, I'm rocking the Oregon hat. Right? I've got the Oregon shirt. We're, we're ready to go because of all these – Oregon running backs we're definitely going to be talking about today in this in this <laughs> running back heavy episode we probably won't yeah, get to I, don't, I don't know if many we'll have uh, any any Oregon representation today unfortunately yeah I mean I'll I I've got a we'll get to it later but I think Bucky Irving deserves maybe uh 
to That's be true. considered. But we'll we'll get into that later. Before we jump into, we are going to spend some time talking about Debbie and running back. Before we do that, uh, who are some players that you have a bunch of exposure for on like best ball and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, Debbie specific. You're saying, or just in no, general? no, just just general. I know, um, I know the rookie big board partnered up with uh, underdog. So yeah, so underdog fantasy best ball stuff. Who who are some of your high exposure players? Yeah, dude, I love it's best ball summer, right? So That's I love great. it. I, I pulled it up here. I pulled up my underdog uh, exposure here. Najee Harris. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. I'm just gonna keep drafting Najee Harris because he's gonna okay. get 300 touches again. What are we doing here, folks? Uh, so he's my highest owned running back, highest exposure running back. Uh, getting good value on Derrick Henry too. Same kind of vibe. Yeah. So I have 37% exposure to Derrick Henry, 37% exposure to Bijan Robinson, dude. I'm willing to pay the premium because he's. Well, are you getting him like first round? Is he back in? Yeah, the I'm first paying round first round price. I'm willing to yeah. do it um I, i've gotten him early on i was getting him second round uh Not but anymore. he's my running back two in my projections so i'm all yeah. in man like it's 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 all in so those are those are my top running backs i've also got a, a sneaky amount of kyron williams you know as, as a late round flyer i, I like he... his talent a lot coming out of notre dame and you know can i was like touch and go with cam Akers last year you're always one injury away from being relevant so i think kyron could get a little bit for himself too i have so much zach evans <laughs> so yeah. much zach evans because I of know. debbie you know like because i <laughs> i had him for years and so i was really hoping for something different but uh we'll see we'll see what happens there him and take bigsby man (laughs) yeah he could pop man he could pop um you know the thing about the la running back room is it's going to be a rotation you know regardless and you know i like you mentioned tank i think tanks in a perfectly fine spot in jacksonville i really do like obviously he's not going to be the running back one but like remember most of these debbie running backs we're talking about like they're not all going to get drafted to 300 touches you know sometimes you got to work with what you got so you never know when an injury is going to pop up or some guys just end up getting a bigger workload yeah no that's that's really true and um the perfect guest there matt you kind of segued very nicely into where we're going next you can tell i do this too much (laughs) yeah no it's perfect let's talk debbie running backs for a little bit here Um, well before we do that just debbie in general let me hear your perspective you're talking about your draft you're using your nfl oh that was a college team never mind uh but let's talk debbie here specifically um what is your approach to debbie leagues is there a different strategy you like to use uh, again, Debbie players, for those uh, who haven't listened before, are developmental players, college players that you can roster on your team. You do not acquire uh, uh, get points for their production while they're in college. Once they hit the NFL, they transfer to your NFL roster from your taxi squad, and then they are yours. So you can roster some of these guys for four or five years before you even uh, get to have their production, um, unless you play like me where you just <laughs> focus on getting uh, juniors and hope they uh, leave early. But what's your approach to Debbie? How do you kind of view um, view it differently than just like regular dynasty? Yeah, I like that you asked me to do the Debbie running backs episode, which was definitely intentional. And this is definitely planned ahead of time uh, because when I build out a Debbie roster, right? Like say I'm doing a, a fresh league and the listeners might be able to relate to this, even if you've never done a Debbie, right? Like picture yourself giving it a shot for the first time, uh, you know, the NFL focused side of the startup, I'm going to build out like a young wide receiver core. This is in general, my strategy, young wide receiver core. Give me two good quarterbacks, a third one in the mid rounds, 
And then I'm just going to build the rest of my roster around it. And I will very often in startups, um, you know, go RB zero hero RB really kind of leave the running backs to die, especially in a Devi, because then what I'll do is if it's a separate Devi draft, or if, you know, you just start to get to the picks, if it's a combined where the running backs are coming up, I will then hone in on the Devi running backs. So I'm going to try to hit on those guys. They have a little bit better of a hit rate than quarterback. Um, and they tend to, uh, you tend to know quicker whether or not they're going to hit in the NFL, right, than wide receivers. And wide receivers certainly can hit early, but you tend to just kind of figure it out a little bit earlier on in the scouting process for running backs. So for me, I can pivot early if I have to. I tend to be, you know, I try to keep myself about two months ahead of consensus. Um, so, you know, you can pivot early if you have to, or you can kind of really reap the rewards. So I like that we get to talk about Debbie running backs because it often is a position that I will invest in on the Debbie side where I've learned over time to back off of quarterbacks a little bit because I used to be very quarterback heavy on the Debbie side. I, I prioritize those guys now and, and really kind of let the running backs, you know, be my focus. Yeah. And I think that's a, Speaking of quarterbacks, most Debbie leagues, I mean, every single Debbie league I'm in is a super flex. Uh, yeah, so yeah. there's also that added level of uh, intrigue for those quarterbacks. But like you said, they don't have as strong of a hit rate as maybe we'd like to think because we think about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and these dudes that are going to be in the year for another decade. And we're like, yes, I want that on my team. But uh, yeah. there's only so one many of those guys would have been Devi players, right? That you would have drafted. But, right, right. That's so true. That's you know, so you true. wouldn't have That's drafted Josh I... Allen and, and or Patrick Mahomes probably, right? I mean, yeah, what, no. yeah he wasn't a five-star guy uh, and he was playing at Texas Tech. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And that's, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And then you also just see um, this running back room, not the running back room, NFL running backs right now, the, the position in general is hitting a pretty massive shift, in my opinion, from a player personnel. Yeah. We've got a bunch of dudes who have been solid, amazing, productive. I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, all the dudes who cannot find rosters right now. They're all kind of going away. And we've got this new batch of running backs that are in the NFL that are really, really exciting um, and more to come, which is really fun, too. Uh, I was talking with uh, Travis uh, earlier this week, and we were we were just ch chatting about how many fun running backs there are in college right now and how this could be kind of like a, a renaissance. Because uh, let's be honest, the, the position needs it because we're seeing a bunch of talented running backs uh, kind of age out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So so here we are. Uh, one quick question for you, though. Um, but again, regarding Debbie, how do you view your assets when you have Debbie players? Let's say you have a, a Quinshawn Judkins, who's going to be pretty high for us. And he's only um, going into his sophomore year. So you're going to have to at least wait this season and next season. Do you view him as uh, if you have Quinshawn Judkins, are you anticipating that he is still on your team when he enters the NFL and he will be your running back? Or are you waiting for his value to skyrocket and then swap him for an already known NFL asset or picks or whatever it might be. I'm not getting attached to anybody on my Devi roster. It, and it's really a, a lesson that you have to learn from playing Devi uh, is that if you are going to invest, if I'm drafting a, a freshman right now, I'm not guaranteeing, you know, I'm not expecting, let's even use that language. I'm not expecting that he's going to be on my NFL roster. I try to look at situations, look ahead 
right? And try to find a player that's going to increase in value. So I like that you use Judkins as an example, because in order for Judkins right now, if you're drafting him in a Debbie league, you probably have to take him in the top five or six picks. He's already hit massive production. He's already broken out, right? So now you really have to expect him to be on your NFL roster. So it's kind of a dangerous investment to make in that sense, because he's probably not gaining more value from a Debbie side of things, right? It's only going to be if and when he's a high draft pick that he gets to the NFL, that he's going to gain value. So I'm, I'm going to tend to shy away from those guys. Um, now, obviously, I'm cool if Quinshawn Judkins is on my roster, but I think, you know, I'm a little bit more willing to trade for him or invest in him right now in a college to Canton format. Right. Yeah. I, I like those. Uh, being able to get those college fantasy points is, is a lot of fun and yeah. a completely oh, yeah. different strategy too, right? Like uh, when you're talking about Debbie, where, you really only care about what they're going to do in the NFL and a guy like um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head right now, but some of these like efficient, insane running backs that just go crazy. Like at the group of five level, don't get the draft capital that we want. And then even if they do hit, it just takes a heck of a lot longer before they're providing any sort of production. So uh, definitely different strategies. Well, why don't we uh, jump into the actual running back position here? Um, when you go through your rankings, um, what kind of just philosophical before we get into the players themselves, what are you looking for? What are tiebreakers for you when you're looking at different players? How are you projecting um, these players to to finish maybe uh, that kind of highlights why you're taking them where you're taking them or not taking them where you're ranking them where you're ranking them? Yeah, absolutely. So what I think is really cool, and it took me a while to kind of reverse engineer my Debbie rankings, and that's really what I did. So uh, I'm going to try to give like a a one minute uh, breakdown of of what I do in my scouting process. But, you know, so my my, the rookie big board, right, the big thing is that I I go and I do scouting evaluations and I'll and I'll, you know, break down the, the incoming class. Right. And so over time, what I did is I developed a formula. I call it the rookie big board rating. It's a scale of one to ten. And I've built out this formula that basically identifies, you know, different traits that translate to fantasy football. And then I add in things like draft capital and fantasy football projections. And I build it, you know, built out a value number. Right. And once I did that for rookies, I then went and reverse engineered that for Devi players. I work in some other factors for Devi because I don't have time to watch all those Devi players on top of all the rookies. Right. And so I do look at things. Um, uh, like production, I look at uh, factors like how far away are they from college, right? I do put an NFL draft projection on every player in my Debbie rankings, even the incoming freshmen. That factors into a fantasy football projection for me. Um, so all of those things, you know, build together to to do this rookie big board rating. And so even the Debbie players, it's directly transferable to my rookie rankings, and it's also directly transferable to my dynasty rankings too. So. Um, you know, I kind of work in all those factors from the Debbie side. I think production, length, length to actual fantasy football production, right? So what year they are, recruiting profile, and then my NFL draft projection on them. And then some of these guys will then get tape scores on top of that as I have time to go on it and watch tape. So kind of a long-winded answer there, but everybody ends up getting a, a, a rookie big board rating, a 1 to 10 scale. And you know, as we talk through some of these guys, I'll, I'll probably reference that that rookie big board rating number, and and you'll you'll tend to find with Devi, you know, it's it's very uh, it could change quickly. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and especially now, right? Like with transfer, the transfer window being what it is, NIL being what that is and all the nuances that go on there. Like Jameer Gibbs, I talk about him all the time because I was kind of low on him because of Georgia tech. I didn't want that nonsense. And he's off (laughs) and and all of a sudden he is the number one wide receiver for Alabama uh, who plays running back. And so (laughs) all of a sudden it's a, it's a really good thing. Well, uh, let's start off. I'm going to start off with your top five because uh, I want to talk about your fifth guy first. (laughs) So um, your, your top five is Nick Singleton, Donovan Edwards, Raheem Sanders, Braylon Allen, and Trevion Henderson. Uh, the reason I want to start with number five is because he has been ever since he was, um, you know, recruited, really, he was the RB one in his class and, and there was very little doubt about it. He put together just a phenomenal freshman season. Last year was obviously not the same. Uh, he comes out still. Uh, I wanted to put rocket Sanders ahead of him, but I still got Trevion number one. Uh, why are you, why do you hate Trevion Henderson? You know, why are you, why are you, why are you a little bit lower than consensus on him? Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's, uh, fun about this part, uh, you know, with a 2024 guy like Trevion Henderson, uh, he's actually gotten a summer scouting tape review for me. So that number is very much based on him. And, you know, I'll point out here between my five and my one, they're all in the same tier right now. That's what makes this upcoming running back class really fun. Um, you know, I was excited to watch Travion Henderson and and before I I did, uh, scouting evaluations on my top five guys, Henderson was number one. He just dropped a little bit, you know, in terms of my scouting evaluation on him, I do think he's a well-rounded runner. I think he can pop off the line of scrimmage. He's got good burst. I like his ability to shoot to the second level of the field. He does build speed quickly. All right. And I think his strength does hold up pretty well against Big Ten um, linebackers, Big Ten front seven, which I really like good lower body strength. And I think he's a good uh, in pass protection, too. So I think there's a lot to like about Travion Henderson. The one thing that I came away with from his 2022 tape specifically uh, is that his vision just looked inconsistent to me. Um, I saw him struggle to to find space. I didn't really see him create his own space. Um And I didn't like his efficiency on the goal line. You know, I I saw him struggle on the goal line. So for me, dude, vision, that's a big thing. If you get a low vision score, it's really going to affect my projection for you. But I think that's like, it's a, for me, those are the concerns. Uh, Henderson's going to have a full season this year of being healthy. You know, he was, he, you know, reportedly had what, like a broken foot or or was playing with a major foot injury last year. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I can only look at what's on tape, right? It's the same thing. You know, we could talk about Quinn Ewers and if his injury affected him, but I can only look at what's on tape. So I'm certainly not out on Travion Henderson, but I do, you know, I would be a little concerned because right now, again, you're buying at a premium with Travion Henderson. So if I already have him on my roster, I'm not panicking, I'm not pivoting, but just not somebody that I want to gain additional exposure to at this point. Well, and yeah, and, and, to that point, if you did want him, you would be you'd be forced to take him uh, ahead of all these other guys because there's only maybe one, uh, possibly two other guys that are even close to getting um, the love he is, and that would be uh, Raheem Sanders and Nick Singleton. Nick Singleton is your number one back. Penn State, uh, surprising to me at least, Katron Allen, also a freshman, out touched him or outrushed him at least. I don't I don't remember the receiving numbers off the top of my head, but. Uh, that was pretty startling to me. Did not see that coming. And to be honest, uh, it kind of made me mad because I was 
trying to get Singleton into a lot of college DFS stacks early early in the season because I was like, ah, oh, he's still cheap. Let, let me be smarter than everyone else. And then it was Allen who was getting the work. But uh, Singleton, I mean, he's got to be. I mean, he's your RB1. I think for the class of 25, he's definitely my RB1. I've got him um, number three overall. But tell me why he is, uh, yeah, your number one guy, again, in the same tier, but someone that you're um, targeting more than Trevion and all the others. Yeah, I just got to say, you know, we were talking about before being excited about the college football season. Man, when you said college football DFS, I yes. love college football DFS. I can't best. win a dollar on NFL DFS, but man, college is a totally different story. Uh, you know, I'm with you. I was just talking with somebody about Nick Singleton and about uh, the Katron Allen. And at first I was just so annoyed with Katron Allen. I was like, dude, you're taking touches away from the guy that we really want to see. But when you look at Nick Singleton, right, great five-star recruiting profile, 6-0, He looks the part. And in terms of production, yeah, he got out-touched. But, dude, 6.8 yards per carry, over 1,000 yards yeah. on 130 touches, uh, 160 touches, sorry. That's not the worst thing in the world, man. Having a running back that's going to take uh, hits off of off of your main running back, that's not a bad thing at all. Um <clears throat> Still 12 touchdowns, you know, for, again, only having about 160 touches. It was a uh, Penn State freshman record, too. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, pretty I, impressive stuff. He looks the part. You know, I haven't done a full tape review on him, but he, he, you know, when you plug him into the formula, he really checks out across the board here. Uh, you know, I currently have him projected in that uh, 21 to 50 NFL draft capital range, which is a really good spot. You know, there's only so many Bijan Robinsons, folks. So right. 25 to 50 is really good draft capital for a running back. And you mentioned it too, relative to his class. I know we're going to have Quishon Judkins to talk about now. I think we'll get to the point where, you know, maybe Trevor Etienne's in the conversation. But I do think he is right now like the running back one in his class. And I do think he stands out relative to these other guys still. So I think he's going to carry that value forward pretty nicely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he is just phenomenal, super special, and you can see it every time he's on the field. Uh, Donovan Edwards is another guy I want to talk about. Speaking of um, running backs who were not the primary uh, ball carrier on their own team last year, but people we have high hopes on. I also um, am with you with Donovan Edwards over Blake Corum, uh, but you're – Donovan Edwards over everyone, it seems like. So let's hear about him. I'm excited. I have so many shares of, of Edwards because he was kind of cheap last year. Um, I was disappointed Blake Quorum came back because I wanted to see what Edwards could do as the lead back. I'm sure there would have been other people getting touches. Uh, this is Michigan football after all. But Donovan Edwards, talk to me. Yeah, man, I was so excited for my Donovan Edwards summer scouting evaluation because when I was watching Michigan live, like he was just such an exciting player for me. And as I, you know, you get a lot from live watch, but you can only get so much. So I was just acquiring more and more Donovan Edwards as much as I could. But then when you have high exposure to a guy, you get really nervous when you put him under the microscope, right? Because you're like, man, is it time to pivot? Was I right? <laughs> yes, was I right? And, you know, I think from watching Donovan Edwards, what I expected was this hyper-athletic, and I don't want to say gadgety, but I was almost worried he'd be too much of like a gadgety, pass-catching, you know, uh, profile type guy because that is how Michigan used him a lot when he was a true freshman. Um, but what I came away with is that he's a lot more than that. I love his pop off the line of scrimmage. He can get to the second level of the field very well, very consistently. 
One thing I loved, I talked about vision with Travion Henderson. Donovan Edwards is decisive. He sees a hole, he hits the hole, he gets through the hole. And that is something I love, love to see from a running back prospect. I find that translates very well. Uh, He has smooth cuts. He's quick to the edge. He's quick moving upfield as well. He's outrunning Big Ten uh, defensive backs when he's got a step. So he's got that good downfield acceleration. Uh, He can be a pass catcher. I want to emphasize that. But he's not just a pass catcher. Uh, When he's catching the ball, he has good hands. He has the ability to work in space. He gets yards after the catch. Uh, And I think he's reliable in pass protection as well. So I like him. He's well-rounded. I'm a little nervous because he's listed at 60202. And we know every college football website is is a bunch of liars, right? So hopefully he actually is already 202 or he plans on bulking up. Because I and you reference kind of this next generation of running backs. What I think is really great about this next kind of round of running backs, especially in the 2024 class, is dude, we have some size, right? Yeah. Like we have yep. some legitimate size, and I do think that's what might hold Donovan Edwards back relative to some guys like Braylon Allen, Rocket Sanders, is that he's probably gonna come in 15, 20 pounds lighter than those other guys. Um, but still, I think he's got a he's gonna have a really nice role in the offense this year. You mentioned it. I think Blake Corm's going to come back and get his, right? So we might get Donovan Edwards with sub 1,000 touches at the uh, heading into the NFL. Not a bad thing, folks. Right. It's not right. a bad thing at all. NFL teams, they care about production. They care about traits a lot more, right? And Josh so, Jacobs, maybe? Like, come yeah. on now. Let's go. Right. Yeah. So Similar, we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that a lot, and uh, I have Donovan uh, Donovan Edwards um, number seven, so I, I'm I'm pretty high on him too. Uh, where do you think he could go? So let's just talk about some of the uh, other running backs that we've kind of mentioned uh, in that 24 class. We've got uh, Trevion Henderson, Rocket Sanders, Braylon Allen, Will Shipley, Donovan Edwards, and Corum. Let's stop stop there. Do you think Donovan Edwards could be a top three back with as far as NFL draft capital goes? Yeah, so Donovan Edwards, Raheem Sanders, and Braylon Allen are the three players right now that in my NFL draft projection, I have 21 to 50, right? So I'm going to catch some heat because Travion Henderson is just outside of that right now. I think he could get into it. We probably won't see four running backs go in the top 50. We'll probably see a max of three. And so if I bump Travion in, we'll see who kind of gets bumped out. Um, But I do think that we have a shot for three guys to be in the top 50 next year. And I do think Donovan Edwards can be in that range. The way that I do draft capital is that if you're pick 21 to 50 for me, you have the exact same draft capital. I don't care if you're 21 or 50. And then for me, 51 so to 102, sense. right? Um, because it's yeah, so I can do a whole rant. Don't let me talk about draft capital, man. We'll lose the whole podcast. But yeah, we'll do another podcast on that then. Uh, but I, I think that makes sense. Too. Because the difference between 21 and 48, sure, it's a lot of picks. But if it's the right team, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like it's if draft it's capital. Right yeah, it doesn't matter. And if you think about it, right, uh, an NFL front office, right, the reason I use 20, um, you know, 21 to 50 is because on an average year, you know, um, the NFL doesn't have what they consider to be 32 first round quality players, right? right. It's usually between 18 and 22 every year. So, you know, I use 20. After that, a 
a team is using the same level of value investment from 21 to 50. They really like you, but they're not willing to push in the chips all in on you, right? And yeah. so if you're a running back, you're going to get your shot if you're in that range, but it's not going to be like a Bijan Robinson level where it's like, damn, we took you number eight, dude. We have to give you 300 touches oh, yeah. to, to make it worthwhile. Do you ever project anyone to get that kind of draft capital? Um, a top 10? Yeah. Yeah, I'll project a running back. Bijan had been in my uh, top 10 projection pretty much the whole okay. time. Yeah. yeah, obviously rare. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> there's not that many that do it. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers. And, I, you know, I know we're talking running backs, but I'll be pretty bold with a wide receiver projecting them in the top 10, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is in my top 10. Um, quarterbacks obviously are easier to project right. into the top 10. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to get bold with it. I like it. Well, let's take just another minute here on the, the, tier one here. I just want to hear your thoughts on Braylon Allen with the switch and offensive coordinator. Are you concerned at all? Do you think, Maybe, maybe the opposite of concern. Maybe you're excited that he'll be able to show off his chops as a, as a pass catching back as well. What are your thoughts with uh, the Wisconsin back who could post uh, a very rare back to back to back 1200 yard rushing season? I think it's uh, absolutely perfect. I, I think it's such a good thing for Braylon Allen. Like you said, true freshman, true sophomore, back to back 1000 plus yard seasons, 6'2, 238. And, dude, if he's actually 238, he is a caught-up 238 because he carries it well. He is powerful, uh, but he doesn't look bulky. You know, he's not a bowling ball-type running back in, in terms of uh, his frame. Um, so I really like Braylon Allen. I like the fact that he's going to be playing in an air raid system because it's, I, you know, from everything we're hearing, right, like don't think of like, you know, um, you know, full-out, you know, old-school Texas Tech air raid offense, right? It, it's kind of a quasi. It's air raid concepts. Uh, but it's going to prove that Braylon Allen has versatility to NFL front offices, right? He's not just a guy that's running behind a really great offensive line with a fullback that's going to clear space in front of him. And so I think it's going to give us the opportunity to see him in space um, because, you know, you did see Braylon Allen in his tape be able to play well in, you know, he can make a guy miss in a phone booth. So let's see how he can do an open space with that. When he was targeted in the passing game, he was solid. You know, I don't expect him to go out and get 50 targets this season, but if he gets 25 and hauls in most of them, that's going to be enough, man. It's going to check enough of a box. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like his vision. I like his ability to read blocks. He anticipates really well. He's got good vision. Um, he's a really steady producer. You know, you see him. He's just a guy, man. He gets five to seven yards. Like every single play. When Wisconsin needed three yards, they gave him the ball. It didn't matter if it was third down, right? He pushes piles forward. He has good lateral agility. He's scrappy. So I think he's, he's a really uh, well-rounded back. I think the only question is going to be, you know, uh, will he be, you know, drafted to be a two-down back? I think that's possible. Um, but hopefully, like you said, the air raid helps out with that a little bit. And, man, it's just going to be a fun offense. Like Tanner Mordecai and Braylon Allen are in the same offense. And that's just I still haven't really processed that fully. Yeah, and Phil Longo coming over from North Carolina as a new OC – um, I mean, we saw what he was able to do with yeah. uh, Michael Carter and uh, Javante Williams. So imagine if Braylon Allen gets to see that kind of workload in the passing game could be super, super exciting. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I kind of I'm kind of low key, um, really, really excited to see what Braylon Allen can do. And yeah, Mordecai, um, 
from Oklahoma, then SMU, and now all the way to Wisconsin. So um, let's break down uh, your next tier, which uh, starts off with Quinshawn Judkins, who um, if you play Debbie fantasy football, uh, he was probably not selected last year and was one of the first picks oh, yes. this year. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So Quinshawn um, kind of made it through the cracks in most leagues last year because of Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley coming in, um, who I – I thought that was number one and number two on the depth chart. And, and Judkins had another thing in store for us with just a phenomenal year. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, back at Ole Miss with Lane. Um, he led the SEC as a, like, not just among freshmen, but he led the SEC in rush attempts, rush yards, uh, uh, rushing um, touchdowns, as well as scrimmage touchdowns. Dude, like you said, He's maybe already kind of hit his ceiling. I don't know how much more value we can get, but the dude is amazing. Like what a, what a season. Yeah. You know, it, it was absolutely wild. Like a three-star guy under recruited, um, you know, I think lane, you know, you could say he was really lucky to get him or really sharp to be able to recruit him. Even the old miss beat dude was shocked when this guy, you know, showed up to fall camp and was just absolutely bawling out. So he surprised a lot of folks, myself included, for sure. Um, and so he's the second highest non-2024 eligible guy for me behind Nick Singleton, who we alluded to. You know, I still like him a lot. I still think he could be a top 50 draft pick. You know, I think one of the things we always have to be a little bit careful about when you have a three-star guy that pops off is why was he a three-star? Sure. You know, sometimes these guys don't have the best athletic testing. And, you know, two years out, it sounds so stupid to say, like, dude, flip on the tape, watch him play. He's super productive. And I, and I agree with you, absolutely. And then what happens? Every single year we get to the combine, somebody runs 0.4 of a second slower than we want them to, and all of a sudden they're garbage and their value's in the tank, right? So you'll see these massive swings. So I always try to keep in mind like that recruiting rating, you know, it's not the end-all be-all by any means, but it is an indication of athleticism, right? That's, that's kind of the correlation that I tend to find there. So just keeping that in the back of the head, trying to proceed with some realistic expectations, but still a great running back. And I think for me, still clearly, you know, in that tier above the rest of that uh, 2025 running back class. It, it gets tricky when doing the numbers of the years and I I'm still convinced it's 2007. So like I, I, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's, tough. It's, it's so, I get it so messed up because the way, the way uh, we do classes, right. For rankings, but I also, I work in a college and so we do class years, but we do it the other way around. So it's right, like, right. it's, it's such a, it's uh, oh man. I never know what class I'm talking about. I love it. Uh, next up on your list is Trevor Etienne. Um, little brother to, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars running back, uh, which if you share a name, if you're a sibling, a cousin, whatever, a son of a former player, I automatically give you a couple extra bonus points because I'm all about the narrative because I think the NFL is about the narrative. Uh, Etienne is in my um, kind of tier that I call like a step away. Like I think there's something really, really good coming here. Um, we've seen some evidence for it, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Florida has been a bit of a train wreck um, when it comes to kind of predicting or projecting what's going to happen there. Um, so talk to me a little bit about Etienne. Um, I think he's super special. I think like what you said, I think he could really see um, himself gain a lot of value this upcoming season already. Yeah, you know, Etienne really is a projection at this ranking. 
But man, like off the eye test, he looked really good. Uh, another guy that was productive, or I should say that was more efficient than necessarily productive, over six yards of carry, only had about 125 touches last year for Florida. Uh, I believe that was as a true sophomore, um, uh, so or a redshirt sophomore perhaps, um, redshirt freshman. I don't know, man. COVID years, who knows? But anyways, he's still early on in his career. He's eligible next year. Um, but you know, Montrell Johnson got a little bit of the action in Florida, and I think they're both going to get action this year as well. But hopefully in year two of this uh, Billy Napier offense, uh, and then thinking ahead now to the fact that Graham Mertz is the quarterback. So I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. I think we're going to see a lot more Trevor Etienne, but he looked explosive. Um, you know, he, he definitely had that second gear um, and definitely had um, – you know, showed that that physicality as well in between the tackles. So another guy that, um, you know, I'm excited to get in and put under the microscope, but just off of live watch, definitely somebody I'm interested in and has the ability to kind of carve out a role for him in that 2025 class for sure. Yeah, my, my only concern with him, and I don't know if this is an Anthony Richardson thing or not, but only nine receptions on the year. Again, I know yeah. it was his first year playing. It doesn't mean he can't do it. I just would like to see it. But again, he's got two years that he can prove himself. Uh, if he shows that he can catch the ball and he can be be on the field in those third down situations, which I anticipate he will be, um, again, a player whose value I think could jump. And just talking strategy, that might mean if you don't have Etienne, maybe go get him now uh, yeah. because next year he'll be even more valuable. Uh, let's just yeah. hit Will Shipley real quick before we jump into some of the, the, the incoming freshmen here. Will Shipley, of course, has been around for a bit playing um, over in Clemson with um, – the Tigers struggling offense the last few years, uh, but they are going over a new overhaul here too. Uh, we've got Garrett Riley coming in, which I'm super excited about for this whole offense. Cade Klubnick starting um, at quarterback after taking over for DJU, who's now out of the picture and into, um, I don't know what you do in Oregon State and Corvallis, but hang out with, with DJU, I suppose. But uh, five foot 11, 205, um, he's got the size that he could be really, really good. Um, he's got the speed. He uh, he does rely pretty heavily on that perimeter play, which can sometimes make it more difficult. At least that's from my per, from my perspective. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Will Shipley uh, before we jump because he is someone that um, I am a little bit higher on than you. I have him um, number six, kind of right behind Braylon Allen. Um, okay, yeah, actually right in between Braylon and Donovan Edwards. So uh, pretty high on Will Shipley. Uh, you're not low on him, but uh, what do you see in his game that maybe? keeps you from pushing him up a little bit more. Yeah, same projection tier for me as, as some of the other guys we've talked about, you know, like Braylon Allen or Travion Henderson, just a little bit lower within that tier. I like Will Shipley a lot. And I think actually, you know, I tend to find I'm a little bit higher on him than consensus. So I'm glad to hear you're in on him as well. If you look at that that Clemson offense over the last couple of years, very dysfunctional. And yeah. Will Shipley was the function. I mean, they won <laughs> yes. some of those games with, with him, you know, really putting the offense on his back, both through the air and on the ground. I think he's a scrappy one-cut runner. Uh, he builds, uh, he gets off the line of scrimmage really quickly, and he will build speed moving through the middle of the field or second level of the field. Patient, decisive. He sees open space. He pounces on open space. Tiger pun intended there. Yes. Uh, you know, he's not physically dominating, but, you know, like I mentioned, he is, he's scrappy. He's aggressive. Uh, he will battle through tackles. Uh, but I really like his pass catching ability. Like you mentioned, he's a reliable target out of the backfield. He lines up out wide. 
uh, and he has the ability to be effective. Great ball tracking skills, reliable hands, can make catches in traffic. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot that I like about Will Shipley. A little bit worried about the size. Again, listed 5'11", 200. If I had to guess, I would say he's probably closer to 190 than 200 at this point. And I have had to learn to, uh, you know, check myself with these guys because sometimes I've found that I get a little excited about guys who come in, you know, under that sub 195 number. So just trying to be a little bit realistic with his draft projection. I think for me, an NFL team is going to view him as more of a, of a late day two guy, right? Picks 51 to 102, still great draft capital for a running back, still very good, but just a tier down for me than what an NFL team is going to think of a guy like Braylon Allen or Travion Henderson. So I still like Will Shipley a ton. I have high exposure to him, but just thinking about the way he fits into an NFL offense, maybe not like the 200, 225 touch guy that a team is going to be willing to use that top 50 pick on. And I think that's important too, like, because uh, that's when that draft capital comes into play. When you're going later like that, uh, they're not bringing you in to be the the main man, so to speak. Right. Uh, we can use all of our um, animals, workhorse, bell cow, whatever. Um, that none of them even exist, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's move. I, I like this next group of three because um, I have them all grouped together too in a tier and it's the incoming freshman. And I really do see it as a as kind of these three dudes kind of set apart from the rest of the running back class. And uh, you have them in the order of Justice Haynes, Ruben Owens, Cedric Baxter, which I believe is the uh, exact opposite of what I have them, <laughs> which is fantastic because I have um, Baxter, Owens, Haynes. And there's really no way at this point to know which one of us is right because so much has to play out. Um, but what do you like about these three guys? And, and maybe just a minute on each of them or something like that, uh, kind of. Tell me what is uh, exciting about them, why you have them as your top three freshmen coming in. Yeah, to be honest, I don't uh, I don't put a lot of emphasis on freshmen until I really see them on the field. Like, I, I have a limit, man. I watch over 100 guys every draft cycle. You know, I'm ranking all the dynasty guys. I'm watching tape on the upperclassmen for Debbie. I just don't have time to go back and watch the huddle high school tape. There's people who do a great job with it. So, you know, these freshmen, they tend to plug into the formula for me. You know, so it, it tends to be kind of just like what spits out. And as you would expect, the three highest rated guys are going to plug out in a similar vein, right? Um, what I like about Justice Haynes right now, I like the size, I like the profile. And quite frankly, I like the fact that Nick Saban is talking highly about a freshman. Like, right, that doesn't that's, happen. No. Um, and so we talked about supplemental drafts. I just took Justice Haynes 101 in a supplemental draft. Oh, that wow. I was doing the, yeah. the team that I, I alluded to earlier. So, you know, Haynes, I certainly like a lot. You know, uh, Cedric Baxter, I actually have the most exposure to out of these guys. I think a lot of people are just, I don't know, I'm getting him the cheapest is, is what I find. So I have a pretty high exposure to Cedric Baxter. The beat really likes him as well. Uh, the Texas beat is, is you know, suggesting that he could see legitimate playing time, maybe running back too as a true freshman um, behind Brooks. So that would be pretty cool as well. Uh, Ruben Owens, I want to like Ruben Owens, but I don't trust anybody that plays for Texas A&M until further notice. Like it That's is fair. just, it's scary. And and I know we don't helmet scout, but sometimes we get helmet scaries. Okay. And that's yeah. how I feel about <laughs> Ruben Owens. So. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I got a that's... little bit, but not too much. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel the exact same way with Texas A&M. Just a lot of fear. Again, new offensive coordinator. 
will he actually be calling the plays or is it going to be more of the same with uh, Fisher calling the plays? I will say, though, that my excitement around Owens comes from the fact that this same squad just gave Devin um, Ashane, I can never say his last name, but they gave him almost 200 carries, you know. So yeah, if you can true. give a 140-pound um, running back, he's what? I think he's listed at 180. Um, but if you can get him almost 200 carries, I think Ruben Owens could be really, really special, which is why I'm excited about him uh, again. Who knows? The, the people seem to like him. I will say about Cedric Baxter, uh, Jonathan Brooks, I was talking about him on the podcast earlier this week with Travis because uh, we were talking about players we keep drafting. And um, Brooks is a dude who you can get for really, really cheap in C2C leagues. I don't know if I want him in Debbie, um, but he's going to start. And he is a yeah. guy who could get some sneaky draft capital, like we saw with Roshan Johnson, who you know this time last year, not a whole lot of people were talking about him. Um, there's a few dudes that I want to talk to you about. Uh, I know we're running kind of short on time here. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on a few guys who um, you don't have on your list and uh, just hear you talk poorly about some people. Not that you're going to talk poorly. The words you'll be saying will be eloquent and wonderful, but they will be in a negative light on these specific players. Um, why Why don't you like Trey Benson? I Florida State watched, running back. I watched Trey Benson. Is that I your answer? <laughs> because um, I watched him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him because I watched him. No, um, I'm, I'm trying to pull up his scouting report. The here. real reason I ask is I have so many shares of Benson. Yeah. Uh, partially because he's a former Oregon guy, but also I'm high on Florida State this year. I think Jordan Travis is being uh, criminally underrated, and I think this offense could really produce, and I think he could be, uh, Trey Benson, that is, could be a big reason why. Um, yeah, I have him all the way up at. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oh, this is great. I have no idea where I have him. I have Trey Benson high, though. <laughs> I have him uh, number 10. So I think the good news about Trey Benson is we've only seen 140 college carries, right? And we're and he's going to be the running back one in Florida State. Trayshawn Ward went to Kansas State. They didn't try to keep him. They're confident with Trey Benson. And we're going to see a lot of Florida State, man. They're going to be playing in a lot of prime time this year. They're going to have a lot of hype around them. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Trey Benson to, to show up and show off, right? Uh, when I watched his tape, there were things that I liked, man. Like he's a powerful downhill runner. If you give him space, he can be really dangerous. Um, you know, he hits the A-gap hard. Uh, he's not the fastest runner, but, you know, he's quick enough, right, to, to be a, an NFL player. But for me, you know, it, it, you'll, you'll hear I go back to this a lot. The vision, man, the vision was mm. scary. He was super indecisive dancing behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Um, and so that really knocked him in my evaluation. I don't think he's going to go to the combine and blow away the 40. You know, I think he's probably going to be a guy that's running in the lower four five fives. Um, and so that always makes me nervous because I just know how fantasy value can crater. If you see a four, six next to your name um, and he's six, one, two twenty. So it's, you know, he's not like two forty. you know, where sure. you can, might be able to get away with that. So, but again, the, the big thing, so for me, it's that I'm low on Benson, I think, compared to consensus right now. Right, right. Um, but if you're drafting Benson, you know, the, the opportunity is there. The floor is there. And he has an opportunity really to, you know, dramatically increase his draft stock um, now that he's the dude in an offense. So not somebody that I'm writing off by any means, but just didn't didn't come out well after the evaluation. Yeah, no, that, that that's totally fair. Um, another guy that I was curious about, um, Trayon Henderson being a bit lower, I thought maybe Mayan Williams would be higher on your list. Um, again, the RB2 at Ohio State um, and had to do a lot of work last year and looked really good. I could see him kind of having like a Roshan Johnson. Wow, we're talking about him twice now, um, where he, you know, the backup gets a lot of work and still gets a little bit of draft capital. Uh, do, you, do you Could you see that happening for Mayan Williams or do you, think that college is going to be kind of where he peaks and uh, kind of goodbye after that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good comparison to be honest. Like I haven't put my Williams under the microscope. He's just not what I would call like a priority guy right now. Uh, but there are, I know there are folks that that definitely would consider him, you know, uh, a draft worthy player right now. I think I'd probably put a day three projection on him right now. So a little bit lower than Roshan Johnson. Um, you know, I think there were fine examples when I was watching Ohio State tape of, of you see Mayan Williams play well, but I do wonder if he's, you know, more of a college production type guy and he's, you know, splitting that production. So not somebody that I've really invested in. Okay. I I can, I can, I can dig it. I want to ask you about a guy that is uh, on my players to be considered, but made your list. Someone who I'm super excited about because he did transfer to a great school. I'm talking about Marshawn Lloyd uh, moving from South Carolina, going to the other USC. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> going, going uh, but going all the way across the country. Um, pretty, pretty dramatic move there. But Marshawn Lloyd, I mean, he's entering a running back room that 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 should have some space for him. Travis Dye, obviously, uh, last year's 
transfer from Oregon left for the NFL. Um, could you see Marshawn Lloyd uh, getting decent draft capital? Do you see a path for him to actually uh, make a splash or is he kind of a late round dart throw for you at this point? Dude, such a weird, such a weird Debbie story with Marshawn Lloyd, yeah. right? Like he goes to the real USC, South Carolina and uh, you know, five-star guy, really high four-star guy, if I'm remembering correctly here. I, I'd have to check my notes on that. Um, but, you know, certainly somebody that was highly rated, was a huge signing for South Carolina. We expect him to come in, play right away. Doesn't really happen. Ends up with a, an injury, I believe a pretty gnarly injury, if I'm remembering correctly, lower body. Um, and then finally kind of gets on the field last year after a long wait for South Carolina. Efficient, you know, nine touchdowns last year. Um, but doesn't end up really blowing the doors off and then makes like a very, I mean, it, I thought it was one of the most surprising transfers was that when Marshawn, we learned Marshawn Lloyd was going to the other USC. And so now I'm looking at it, highly athletic player, good frame. Now he's playing in Lincoln Riley's offense. And I know we don't think running back when we think Lincoln Riley's offense, but Lincoln Riley has sent a lot of running backs to the NFL, right? If you think about those Oklahoma running backs coming out, and I like Relique Brown a lot. It sounds like they want to use him as a wide receiver as well. So other than yeah. that, I mean, he's fighting off who? Austin Jones for carries? I think he'll get his. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned his recruiting capital. I just looked it up. Uh, he was the number eight running back in his class behind, you know, guys like Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. Like, I've heard so, of those guys. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty decent uh, recruiting profile. He was, you know, well ahead of um, – a band of Canada and some of those other guys in that class too. Um, but, but I think he could be really special too. Five nine two eleven. Uh, so he has that size And to your point. Um, we've seen what, like, wasn't Ramondre Stevenson part of Lincoln Riley's. Yep. Oh yeah. Offense too. Like, I mean, he knows how to get the best out of these players and I'm glad you brought up Relique Brown. Cause he's another guy that I have questions about um, Emmanuel Henderson. I said his name, strangely, Emmanuel Henderson and Relique Brown, both getting a lot of, um, I don't know if it's actually happening or if I just hear everyone talking about um, them getting a lot of work as a wide receiver. So that's super interesting as well. Not sure if they uh, end up moving to that position or if they just kind of move around a lot, but definitely uh, a lot of uh, excitement to be seen there. All right. Before I let you go, Matt, who is one player that you were really hoping I'd ask you about that I have not asked you about that you want to talk about just a little bit? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I was going to talk about Relique Brown, actually. I, I love Relique Brown. I don't know, man. It's like sometimes it's not rational, but just when I was watching him, dude, he just pops. Like he's so explosive from live watch. I love the fact that they're going to play him at wide receiver because, you know, if you get a little running back, a little wide receiver in Lincoln Riley's offense, dude, you're going to get a lot of flashes on tape, right? And that's just going to build up the highlight reel, right, for, for an NFL offense, uh, NFL front offices to see. So I've been loading up on Relique Brown because I still think he's like pretty low. Like I don't think I, I don't hear a lot of folks talking about him, but he's somebody whenever I'm watching USC last year, I was looking for, and I'm absolutely going to be looking for again this year. So I think he's, you know, really kind of low end um, value wise right now. And, and somebody who's a perfect buy low, like he's only going to gain value as we go on here. Absolutely. And I think a lot of these guys that came in that 22 um, recruiting class, Outside of like, we've got Nick Singleton, who was the RB1, but then it's like Emmanuel Henderson, who we just talked about, Relique Brown, Jam Miller, Le'Veon Moss, Jaden Blue. Like someone, there are going to be players from this list, from this class yeah. that pop, and we just don't know who they are yet. To me, this is the class 
where you can where you're going to see that huge jump in production because none of them outside of like a very very select few really broke out um last year and so i think we could see uh, some of that this year and, and a really great opportunity if you know how to play the market uh to gain a lot of value are there any yeah. guys from that class that you could see that i mean i know you have a You've got Le'Veon Moss and and Jaden Blue and Sawchuck, all guys that were like top eight recruits. Uh, do you? That's, is there um, any one of them that you feel like you want to hit your wagon to? Is it Relique Brown? Yeah, I would say out of that group, Relique Brown. I mean, that's Ott's class too, right? Like, yeah. you've got to love that production from Ott. You have to Jaden Ott out of Cal. You have to believe that they're just going to give him the ball every Except single snap, pretty much. Byron Caldwell is there now. Cardwell is there now. They Transfer bring from in Oregon. Cardwell. That is true. <laughs> I, I just want to believe so much. I, I was such a I mean, he's going to spell him. He's going to get in there. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, to your point, I, mean, I don't know. Huge opportunity. Because it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was Damian ball. Martinez. There weren't a whole Damian lot Martinez. of other I got to put on the tape freshmen. for Damian. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't a, I just got to put him under the tape because he's productive. Yeah. But there weren't that many that that really broke out last year. Uh, so I'm excited to see which one of them, which ones of them do this year, uh, because it'll be a, a great time to uh, to buy if you're on it before before others are. Like you're talking about trying to be ahead of consensus. If you start spotting these breakouts, people need to be listening because uh, that's the time to buy. That's the time to make those Debbie trades because you can really um, kind of supercharge your team that way when when you spot those before everyone else does. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely awesome. Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today coming on, talking some Debbie RBs. Again, super important position here. Like uh, I think it used to be like we always built our teams around running back. And, and lately, you know, you're talking about it. I do the same thing. We build our dynasty rosters um, from the wide receiver position and the quarterback position. Um, but running backs, they're the make or break, you know, that you do need them, but you just need to wait for the right time to, to buy in. And using Debbie assets can be a great way to do it, whether you're acquiring some of these guys now and, and hoping they fit on your roster next year, or you use some of these amazing players to go in and, and, and buy some of those cheaper options that can bring you uh, the championship this year. But um, that's going to do it for today. Matt, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? I mean, your, your, your Twitter is at the FF underscore educator. Um, tell us a little bit about the rookie big board as we uh, kind of break here. Yeah, man, Rookie Big Board over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. We're doing uh Devi rankings, of course. Uh we do, you know, pretty I think one of the most in-depth reviews on, on rookies. You know, we already have I already vlogged uh I think today was number 16 summer scouting evaluation on the 2024 class. So, oh, wow, you know, nice. as we were talking about some of the 2024 running backs, I was just reading off the scouting reports yeah. that are available as part of the rankings. So you know, if you want access to that, we have a super active Discord. It's just $3 a month, so pretty accessible in terms of being able to get yourself some Debbie Dynasty rookie rankings. Uh, you know, podcasts, YouTube, same name, rookie big board. So lots of good stuff going on, man, 365 days of the year. And, you know, we're just a bunch of sickos counting down until college football season. And every day we get a little closer. I, I love it. it. It is fun talking with sickos too, by the way, just sitting here talking Debbie stuff is ridiculously nerdy and fun. I will say like I've started doing YouTube stuff now. Um, I am so impressed by the work you guys do. The quality of your content is, oh, uh, is, is great. So I highly recommend like not just for the actual like great information that people are going to get, but it's super entertaining. It's well-produced. It's, it's easy to watch. Highly recommend all the stuff that you guys do. Um, and again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, we will, I'm sure, be talking again soon. Um, I do enjoy our chats. 
um, midweek as we're trying to prep what kind of DFS lineups we want for the college football season. So uh, guaranteed that we'll be talking again soon and we'll do it uh, do it here on the podcast on, on the channel as well soon. So thank you so much, Matt. Everyone go follow him. We'll be back with you guys uh, next week or sooner if you're checking out the YouTube. We've got a bunch of shorts coming up too. So uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is you can do, do. And uh, we'll talk to you later.